Are you someone who spends so much time making a living that you forget about making a life? My next guest, Dr. James Foster, will speak to that exact challenge in today's episode. Dr. J is a doctor of theological anthropology and today helps people foster their destiny, their superpower, and their human potential, even in times of radical changes, anxiety, and incivility. Welcome to Dr. J. Welcome to Off My Duff, the entrepreneur podcast. Off My Duff is all about getting off your backside and finally, making your impact by living your truth. If you are an entrepreneur with a heart to help others, you're in the right place. We chat with guests from seven figures to just starting out because that's how we roll. Off My Duff is the nudge you need to expand your business and slay resistance. So, without further ado, I invite you to get off your duff, and let's get started. Now, here's your host, Duff Gardner. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to Off My Duff, the entrepreneur podcast, where we're all about playing large, even if you're feeling a little bit small. I'm Duff Gardner, your host. Welcome today to our show. And I'm really excited to have someone on today who I've become really good friends with in the last year, Dr. James Foster. James, how's it going? Dr. Oh, J, we call it? you. Yep. <laughs> it's really going well, Duff. So, so glad to, uh, so good to be with you. I'm glad. Oh my gosh. I'm, gl I'm glad I finally got you on the show here because yeah. you are someone who, uh, we've done some work together. And I know I was just telling you offline that there's members of my team that every time they hear you, they still want to reach through the uh, the interwebs and give you a big old hug. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, welcome to the show. So, uh, now we we met in the context of of uh, uh, online business and growing online business and what have you. And so, you're doing some really interesting work in the world today. And you've got a brand called Foster Your Life. Tell me about what you're doing right now in the world. Oh, I'm really excited. Um, yeah, so um, I work with people who um, are looking maybe to make a change. They've been very successful. I like to describe the typical person I work with as uh, fun, successful, energetic. Um, they tend to be conscious people. Many of them are people of, uh, of faith um, who really done well for themselves, um, but now they're considering doing something different. Um, right. and, 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 you know, we talk a lot about and, and uh, focus in a lot on making a living, and I'm from that generation, and a lot of my clients are that. And what I do is I help them uh, to escape the what I call the making a living trap. Mm -hmm. um, and as many people know that sometimes we get so busy uh, making a living that we never really uh, take the time to build an empowered life. And so um, what I do is I come alongside of them and uh, we have discussions usually about the main thing that um, their soul compels them to do uh, and how to offer that. Uh, and many are reluctant or have had resistance because it just is different from what they've trained with and different from their experience and in many cases, uh, it existed early, but um, they might have been discouraged uh, from pursuing that 
so we, I come alongside of them and we go through uh, a bit of a, a process um, where we begin to understand together uh, how to actually build an economic engine around uh, their, their desire to help other people. So it's a lot of fun. Um, it's timely now, right? In this particular sure. time, uh, many people, um, they're in a position to rethink what it is that they do. So in many ways, it's also a scary time. So I'm excited. It's really rewarding. Um, and, you know, someone helped me to get to where I'm at. So I, I'm going to sure. get that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like it's, we're living in a time where a lot of people are feeling very untethered. And so, you know, we look for structures when we're, when we, we, when we get that way. And so it's interesting to me that you're specifically dealing with, um, uh, you know, faith-based people uh, in many cases, entrepreneurs who are kind of in that struggle for meaning, which is very common right now. Uh, You've actually got a course you created called the destiny course. Yeah, we're really excited about that. Um, I believe that um, each person has uh, an innate um, value inside of themselves. And, and I believe that, um, that that value is greater than anything that we um, will ever face outside of ourselves. And um, it's really fun uh, to help people tap into that kind of, of power. And I think that that inner voice, that that inner gu- um, guide and that inner power um, really links us to our destiny. Uh, but sometimes because um, we become very well rehearsed mm-hmm. in doing something that we have practiced a long time, uh, it gets confusing as to what true north really is according to that inner voice. And it could lead um, you know, to a certain kind of disconnect. And instinctively, inherently, people begin to recognize um, that, that, that space, that gap, particularly in times of trouble uh, and disruption, uh, because right. we began to think inner, to look inner. Right. Yeah. yeah, you know, just speaking as a coach, when, when you're working with people who have kind of a struggle at the top level, in other words, kind of a vision, meaning, purpose, passion, kind of a struggle, it really does take uh, an amazing coach to be able to kind of work with that person and get them grounded in something that's going to help them to find meaning in a future self. And uh, I can't think of a better person to do that. So that's awesome. And you, and you uh, got to this place, you've got a really interesting backstory. Uh, We were talking offline involves uh, undercover investigation, involves magic, involves all these cool things. Some of them I didn't even know about you. Some of them I did, but tell me how you got to the place you're at. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, my actual vocation uh, is I'm a doctor of theological anthropology, and that's just a, a fancy term to say that my work takes place at the intersection of faith, culture, and human potential, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I actually um, work at two seminaries, um, shout out to, uh, if I can do that, the McCormick Theological Seminary and the uh, Luther School of, of Theology uh, in Chicago. Um, so that's kind of the vo- vocation. But I arrived uh, at this point. Um, it, it really sounds like there are all these different things, and I suppose that's true. But the one consistent part of the journey is is that I uh, is me, right? Um, 
that I always brought um, my whole self or that, that inner self to all things. Now, um, when I, uh, not to go all the way, all the way, all the way back, but um, I, the, I, I you know, graduated out of high school um, and once upon a time, uh, I was a pretty uh, fast track runner um, and did right. very well in high school. I was a hurdler and did, and did all that stuff. And so um, I'd gone uh, to school, uh, also did sports and, and hurdled, um, and my height caught up with me. Uh, I'm about 5'11", and uh, when we got to the college level competitively, the guys I can were, relate to that. <laughs> yeah, right, and faster. Um, and, and I also had problems uh, physically with my knee. Um, that didn't really work out, and I, uh, uh, you know, came back home and went to school locally and uh, actually got a degree in audio engineering. And my oh. first job was, uh, I thought I would make a living by uh, recording records. Um, also, when I was much younger, I did a, I'm really dating myself stuff here, <laughs> but we did an album uh, wow. that, that uh, um, you know, just locally there that got some traction, uh, did, uh, some commercial, some jingle work that got some traction. And then I'm really dating myself now, actually recorded a 45. Um, nice. But, but anyway, I thought that, I thought that, we, that that's what I would do. And um, our instructor, um, uh, Malcolm Chisholm, he's no longer with us, but he's um, very famous in the Chicago area. Uh, uh, Chess Records, he was uh, re renowned for that and recording some powerful acts uh, Maurice White, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Ramsey Lewis, blah, blah, blah. Um, his, his parting words to us as his graduating class was, you're all going to do well, take your half inch uh, of recording with you. You know, that was like our resume. He said, and this thing, this thing that they call digital, don't worry, it won't last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I, we were, I was kind of obsolete, right, a, a day after graduation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, 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 I did some work and it wasn't all that sustainable. And a friend of mine um, said, hey, listen, uh, actually he was doing pretty well. And uh, every time I would ask him what he was doing, he was kind of vague, you know, with his answer and stuff. So I put him to the side, say, hey, what, what are you doing? He says, well, he says, why don't you meet me, you know, for coffee? We'll sit down. He goes, I actually think you might be good at this. I mean, that's okay. I couldn't wait. And so uh, we met, he said, I need you to come to the office. Um, I, he still didn't tell me exactly what he did. What he told me was his current job. But, um, you know, fast forward ahead, um, he worked for uh, the state police um, uh, along with a private agency that worked for very large corporations, uh, many of them uh, Fortune 500 corporations. Uh, and he did undercover work, he did surveillance. His actual uh, specialty was surveillance, but they were looking for undercover uh, sure. operatives and stuff. And so um, I began doing that. I traveled around North America, uh, working in various corporations. Uh, you can imagine the skill set, right, that is developed for having to uh, walk in and get yourself hired. You're really doing two jobs. You're sure. doing a job that you're paid for, and then you're also doing the other job where you've got to write reports daily. Um, you have to, you know, make relationships, et cetera, et cetera. So I did that um, for about three years, did very well, became one of the top investigators there. They brought me into the office. I began to, to run the um, 
the Midwest office. Um, and then I went into to sales um, for the agency and began to work exclusively with very, very large corporations um, doing that. Um, I became a salesperson for that, did very well. I figured out uh, the typical way to do that would be to talk to um, someone very, very high up in a corporation about what it is that they're dealing with. And then they typically would say, okay, I think we want to do an operation. And these weren't cheap, you know, ventures, expensive to get them started. Many times relocating people, et cetera, et cetera. There's always this kind of lag with, they had to get, you know, uh, talk to legal and get back to us. Sure. Well, I figured out in the office that I could develop these relationships with, with, instead of going to all these corporations and waiting, that I could simply find one attorney that represent many corporations. And since they uh, have, to affirm something like that usually anyway um i made relationships with uh pretty high powered attorneys uh and in many cases our uh, service fit their clients very well and it and it would start as their idea so i began to have um to make the attorney the client and and that was able we were able to leverage that and so um i was successful with that and then went to the owners and said hey I started to figure out, I said, well, wait a minute, I made $3 million in, in, in one and a half years. I'm only getting 7%. So I'm going to have this conversation about, you know, a little more kind of equity there. Um, and they said, well, we'll get back to you. I did, it was kind of unsatisfactory to me. Um, and so uh, myself, um, one of the partners, the one who held the license, and one really good friend of mine then, uh, the person who I spoke with that was doing the surveillance. He also trained most of the people. Uh, a shout out to St uh, Steve Drain's family, if, if you hear this. Um, and Steve said, hey, look, I'm training the people. So we had the trainer, we had the person with the um, clients, myself. Right. And then we had one of the owners um, who thought it was kind of BS, but they weren't willing to give me a little more uh, to change my compensation. And we started our own. So Sweet. I was the uh, owner of an agency, Precision Analysis Group, Schaumburg, Illinois. Oh my gosh, that uh, sounds way too fancy, but it sounds too <laughs> <laughs> technical, yeah. right? Yeah. That's um, great though. So you've got some serious entrepreneurial chops. And I didn't, yeah, and I, I just had never really thought about it like that. And um, I probably needed a little sharper chops there. But on the relationship end and on the client development end, um, those are really good skills and they still serve me now uh, in all kinds of ways. Um, so, you know, I began to do that um, uh, in that part of that process from the last undercover job um, within that process. Um, I, I met a, a, the greatest gal in the world and um, it's one of the reasons why I came out of the field and into the office. We didn't think it was a great, uh, you know, um, job for someone who wanted to start a family. So, um, yeah, I had my own agency, um, got married, a couple of uh, uh, kids, two girls, Brianna, and, uh, and Leah, um, and uh, I'm working, I'm doing that. And there was this program mm -hmm. um, uh, developed by Eli Lilly and maybe some other gifters that, um, uh, that had this partnership with seminaries. Yeah. And I had al always um, you know, been uh, inclined towards and interested in the supernatural and um, had a, a, a family com coming from a family of faith and 
being involved in that growing up. It's how I learned public speaking, how I got music chops and uh, became pretty well adjusted as a youth because first you, you, you try it out in church, right? You know, Easter plays and other things. Sure, uh, yeah. My first public speaking in front of a group of people, um, uh, you know, where it's actually safe to make mistakes in a, in a very positive way. So, um, so it's always been a part and they had this program. They said, we want it, we want um, people who are, we want professional people to take a semester of seminary to see if this is something um, that they might want to do. And at the same time, they wanted to bring a little bit of the business life into the seminary. I took that program and I took three classes, each class at a different seminary around the same location. It's sort of this consortium of seminaries called the Axe um, uh, in uh, the south part of Chicago. Um, and, I, and I took three classes and I took one called Theological Ethics. Mm-hmm. And I wrote an essay on Dr. Martin Luther King. And I got the, uh, the essay back and I, I scored pretty high there. But then there were notes with the professor, uh, Dr. Kenneth Fox. And he says, you know, he said, these um, are really interesting points. And he, you know, he kind of dialogued in writing. And he said, I think these are the musings of, of, of possibly a great theologian. Uh, and, the, and the bug bit me. And so I entered into seminary. Right. Uh, and so I got a, a master's of, of divinity in systematic theology. And later um, I would get a PhD in the, um, uh, you know, theological anthropology. So that's kind of the evolution of that. Um, uh, and so all throughout, you know, the last 10 years or so, I've been kind of quietly behind the scenes, you know, writing in that world, doing some ghost writing, um, having conversations and um, <clears throat> uh, working on projects with uh, some of the big names uh, uh, in, the, in the faith community, et cetera, et cetera. And so um, I'm kind of an, a reluctant uh, hero. By that, I mean, I'm, I was perfectly fine kind of being behind the scenes, being number two or third person and somebody else in the front. Uh, but to be honest with you, um, a lot of that planning and some of the projects, um, uh, some of those people actually went away. Some have transitioned on uh, sure. this world. Um, and I'm kind of left standing here with, with still this kind of, I feel like I have this stuff that I want to get out and I'm looking around and I'm the person standing there. So. Well, I think the brilliance though is that, that, that where you're at right now is just perfect because I think that you've told me about some of the people you've worked with and how you've helped them go from, you know, really struggling with this question of meaning and, you know, helping them to step in to their best version of themselves um, and you've given me lots of different examples in the past. I mean, like I said, we've gotten to know each other a bit working together. Um, and, you know, I think that that's your gift to the world. And you're doing some really fun and interesting things. You have a TikTok channel. Yeah. Like I, um, What's I, it called I, again? I forget what the show's called. Um, well, it's the, I, I call it TikTok Wisdom. Yeah. And um, whether it's TikTok or, or Instagram or Twitter, they're all... Uh, at Dr. James Foster. Um, but yeah, it just, it, for some reason, uh, I guess reasons that I don't really understand, it kind of taken off and I'm somewhere around nine or 10,000 followers, you know, the last uh, three months or so. And I just simply get on there and give people, um, you know, encouragement. Um, I try to sure. uh, impart some wisdom, things that were helpful 
that were helpful uh, to me. Uh, yeah, the TikTok thing is weird, although I know there's all kinds of rumors about, what, you know, if it'll stay in the same shape it is now or if it'll go away, that kind of thing. Um, but there is, I was surprised at how quickly yeah. things grow. Yeah, yeah, ten thousand followers—that's amazing. You're you're so understated. That's part of what I love about you. Um, now, there's a place people can go to find out more about you and how you help people and all that. And I want to get I want to get it out there now before I forget. Okay. Uh, people can go to uh, the URL fosteryourlife.com. Yes, right. Uh, fosteryourlife.com. Yes, fosteryourlife.com, uh, or of course, like you said, if if they want to go and check out your TikTok channel, it's at Dr. James Foster. Uh, that's also your Twitter and your Instagram handle. So right. that's cool, right? But you should definitely check out the TikTok. And um, so when people go to fosteryourlife.com, I know there's a really cool uh, free gift that you have for people. It's called Seven Steps to Fostering Your Destiny. Radical changes, or sorry, even in times of radical changes, anxiety, and incivility. So that's, again, seven steps to fostering your destiny, even in times of radical changes, anxiety, and incivility. And, uh, you know, I, th- it's interesting because one of the questions I typically will ask my guests is, um, I like to know what your relationship to the word resistance is. I, I, I find that a lot of entrepreneurs bring up that word in their journey. I think I know how you're going to answer it, but what's your relationship to the word resistance? Um, uh, I love it. I love it. Um, resistance is the beginning of so many things. This is a little bit of my hmm. theological background, right? It's It's necessary. I believe that we weren't, we, that none of us were created for easy. Um, I think that we were created at, um, to problem solve. I mean, some of this, and I've seen a lot of the experiments having to do with this, human beings are, are very unique among uh, the rest of creation. We have the ability um, to use our imaginations to create a future in ways that, that, that other partial creation uh, can't do like um, there are all these even as children like physically restraining uh, uh, a human being whether they're an adult or a child and trying to uh, you know relegate them only to one spot um, it, it, it's it's possible to hold someone there but you can't hold all of them there so for instance, um, if, if someone were to kidnap me and put me in a room, I can imagine myself getting loose. I can imagine, uh, uh, even though I'm stuck in the room, what the outside looked like, how many doors there were. On my, you know, you, we have this ability to be able to go beyond and create a vision for something and for a future that can later um, be realized. And so, um, I think that we are are created to overcome things uh, in our faith language. Um, we say uh, more than overcomers, and in fact, if we believe that that's true, and I'm not built for easy, but rather to overcome things, then by definition, I must always have things to overcome. And so, if 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 obstacles come my way, rather than me thinking, "Oh my gosh, I'm getting these obstacles because I'm bad or because something that has happened to me or the world is against me." Uh, if I'm created for that, then actually what happens is I get obstacles 
um, because of who I am by definition, right? Got I'm it. an overcomer, then I have things to overcome. So I see resistance as an opportunity to do something different that without the resistance may not be made visible. That's a wonderful answer. Oh my gosh. And I guess the other question I like to ask my guests is, what is your biggest insight you've learned in all these, these experiences you've had? Um, the biggest insight I have, and this might be a selfish one, but I'm hoping that it would help other people, is to be okay with me and to, um, to trust bringing my whole self to everything and resist the temptation to be compartmentalized mm. um, because it's exhausting. Um, I believe that it chips away at the soul. And also I believe that it pulls at the bounds of sanity. And so uh, don't ask me how I, how, how I know because we don't have enough time. Um, and so far we've made it without tears. We've done it all in laughter and not done it with tears. Maybe we later we'll do one for tears. Um, and so that's the greatest insight is that it, it appears when you hear the story, when you look back, I've done all these different things that all must be exhausting. Um, but the reality is, uh, the common denominator is the centering me, not centered, but always centering uh, right. person. And so I try to bring that to every experience. I'm not sure if I really answered that, but yeah, I did. Absolutely. That's a great answer. And I could, I, I think I need to bring you back because I love talking to you and I think the listeners are going to love hearing this episode. So Dr. J, thank you so much for being on the show today. I want to make sure people remember to go to fostering foster, pardon me, foster your life, foster your life.com. We'll have it in the show notes Perfect. Yeah. and as well, go to his TikTok channel at Dr. James Foster. Dr. J, thank you so much for being on the show. Loved having you. You're fabulous. You're amazing. And um, yeah, thanks again. Sure. I love being here. Thank you. And to all my guests, make sure that you go out into the world, make the impact that you want. And one more thing, teach what you love, live from your truth. I'm Duff Gardner, and I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, I'm Duff Gardner, and you've been listening to my show, Off My Duff, the Entrepreneur Podcast, where we're all about getting off your backside and making your impact by living your truth. If you're like me and you're an entrepreneur with a heart to help others, you need an offer that sells. An offer that sells helps you get traction with your business, more sales, more clients, more gigs, more fans, and more deals, period. And here's what I believe. Your offer is the purest expression of your truth so that's why I've created a free ebook, Offers That Sell, the eight-step revenue breakthrough system. Simply go to offersthatsell.com forward slash book to grab your free copy, and you can even follow it up with a chat with me, should you wish. It's been wonderful to have you here with us today. And as you get off your backside to make your impact on the world, remember one thing, teach what you love, live from your truth. I'm Duff Gardner. See you next time. Bye now.